Tonight's episode of Midnight Tea is brought to you in part by Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. fellow goths, horror enthusiasts, and children of the sun and moon. I am your humble Los Angeles witch, Moonchild Nil, and welcome to another episode of Midnight Tea. How is everybody doing? The universal question I ask before every episode. It's, I ask because it's always nice to hear about how my fans, my listeners, are doing. As you tune in every week, I always want to know how you guys are doing. And I do appreciate that some of you actually do send me a DM, usually through my Instagram, to let me know, hey, thanks for continuing your podcast. I'm from Argentina, or I'm from Brazil, or I'm listening to your podcast in the United Kingdom. Messages like that are really cool. And I think it's a good way for me to connect with some of you out there that I'm not near. You know, and a lot of the times when you hear me talk in my outro, I say, you know, whether you're in the same city, state, country, or halfway across the globe. So it does mean a lot to me when I hear that some of you out there are actually from places I've never even been, some of them never even heard of, and you tune in. And I think that's just really cool. So thank you guys so much for all the messages that you sent me. I really do appreciate it. Well, over here in Los Angeles, things are slowly starting to get better. Um, I know everybody doesn't like to talk about COVID, and I I feel like there's no way to talk about the current status of the world without mentioning COVID. But things are getting better. Uh, vaccination rates have started to go up. We um, We've actually gotten our cases down quite a bit since more vaccinations have been rolling out or people who choose not to get vaccinated are taking more precautions to keep the rest of us and themselves safe, which is also appreciative. So that way we don't get to lose the great privileges we have. Um, that being said, things are slowly starting to open up again and it makes, it just makes it better to breathe, so to speak. I mean, granted, we're all still wearing our masks, but it just feels like we now have the chance to, you know, explore, travel, we'll probably start opening up again soon. Um, I know other states in the U.S., we're looking to Florida, are not doing so great, but um, well, let's just avoid Florida for now. <laughs> but your girl's actually doing fantastic. Halloween has already came, like you've heard me say in previous episodes, they're Halloween already came in July. We're now almost, we're more than halfway through August, and Halloween has already hit my bank account very hard. <laughs> you know what, though, as as much as I make it sound like it's a complaint, it's not. I'm in love with how much Halloween stuff I've accumulated in the last month and a half, and I'm not stopping. Um, my my room has just been blossoming, and again, I've found such great finds at places like Ninety Nine Cent Store and Dollar Tree. Um, bargain stores 
have had such great finds. And, um, yeah, even this past week, I did some hunting for a Spirit Halloween that's already open because their new line of Beetlejuice stuff is chef's kiss must have. But anyway, let me stop rambling and get on to the good stuff. And as always, we got to start off with the disclaimer that tonight's episode may contain strong language, possible spoilers for books and media and dark topics. So this is your viewer or listener discretion advised. All right, guys, we're going to start off by talking about my favorite Halloween event of all time, as if I haven't spoken about it enough in the past episodes. And I'm here to talk about Halloween Horror Nights. Now, I've already mentioned it in the past three episodes, but man, is there not enough to fucking talk about with them. So let's go ahead and start off with the main three announcements that they made that all of them are fantastic news to have. The first one starting off with is they finally released information for the Frequent Fear Pass. Now, for some of you guys that are not in the know, the Frequent Fear Pass allows you to go to Universal Studios strictly for Halloween Horror Nights, but on majority of the nights that the events are available on. So to break it down for you, it is on their website right now to check it out at HalloweenHorrorNights.com. And the Frequent Fear Pass, the one I ended up getting, was $199, which lets you go to 26 of the nights of Halloween Horror Nights, which is pretty much to say damn near almost all of them. Now, that is a really good deal, especially if you're like me, you're going to go more, more than one night. As a matter of fact, the minute I bought this frequent fear pass i had at least five other friends come up to me and saying we're all going on different dates each one each of the my five friends said they were going on different days could i join them and all i had to do was check and make sure it wasn't one of the blacked out dates which that's there's not many and like yep plus i happen to live pretty close to the theme park so it's an easy yes so this pass absolutely pays for itself especially if you plan to go on multiple nights i would definitely check that out then they also have what's called the Ultimate Fear Pass. It is $329, and it allows you to go to all of the nights, every single night of Halloween Horror Nights, which if you count them, there's 32 in total. So you are paying quite a bit more to go to all of them. And I'm not 100% sure... Um, yeah, all of it, the only difference is it has no blackout dates. Which, it for me, wasn't worth the extra $129 spend. Plus, it doesn't include any kind of VIP or fast pass or um, gate A privileges. It's just more, you can get to go on more days. Whereas the one I have, you get to go to 26 of the 32 nights, which is still quite a bit. I think that's very much worth it. And also, considering each ticket, depending on what day you go, can be anywhere between $69 to $99. I think paying 200 to make sure that you get to go to all the nights you want to go is absolutely worth it. Hell, there may even be some nights I might just go by myself. But I'm absolutely thrilled that I went to go pick them up and got my Frequent Fear Pass for $200, which means I can go just about every night Halloween Horror Nights will be available. So if you guys haven't checked that out yet, go ahead and do so. And also from Halloween Horror Nights... Um, Instagram, which is Horror Nights, one word, they made two more huge announcements of mazes that will be joining us for this year's Halloween Horror Nights event. And that is, we, the, we got the announcement that we are getting a Halloween 4 maze. 
fuck yes, Michael Myers is my fucking jam. He is my absolute favorite of the Universal Titans of Terror. And to not have him in Halloween Horror Nights would be blasphemous. So yeah, guys, we got Michael Myers stopping by again for another Halloween Horror Nights, in which I don't know why they proceed to still call this one Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers, because it wasn't... It's not the most well-loved of the Halloween franchise. But me personally, I'm not the biggest fan of Halloween 4 because I didn't like the... I didn't much care for the Jamie's timeline, the Jamie Lloyd uh, timeline of the movies. And plus the mask was not the greatest, though you would hear me rank the masks at some point and it would actually say that the Halloween 4 mask is the scariest. But regardless, we have a Halloween maze that I'm happy that it's coming back. I just wish it was just more of a generic Halloween maze, like all encompassing all of the Halloween movies. Um, because they have done a Halloween maze where it actually pays a very big nod to Halloween 3 season of The Witch, which not a, not everybody's favorite, but it is one of mine. So we got the announcement of Halloween 4. And then lastly is not so much a maze, but we finally are getting the Terror Tram back. Holy hell am I super, super happy for this. We've been wanting the Terror Tram back in 2019. We didn't, we actually got it in exchange. We actually got a maze in exchange for a Terror Tram, which I'm not mad about. I just missed the Terror Tram because it's an open air experience. Now, for some of you who might have been to some of the Halloween Horror Nights and actually never got to experience the Terror Tram or don't know what that is, that is an experience where when you usually take the daytime studio tour, you get let out, you get to see the entire back lot and some of the sound stages for where they make the movies. Whereas the Terror Tram, instead of taking you to just see it, they're actually dropping you off right at where the Whoville sets used to be, but it's now just the Bates Motel and the Bates Manor, where you actually get to walk these sets. You get to walk through that, you get to walk through the plane wreckage of War of the Worlds, and it's really cool. And when they usually do it, it's usually something like Walking Dead or it's zombies, and it makes perfect sense. It, it fits the atmosphere really nice. So what are we getting this year? We are getting the Forever Purge. Hell yeah. Or according to Home or Horror Nights Instagram, it's called The Ultimate Purge, which I think is fantastic. I think this is such a good setting to have a gigantic outdoor setting for The Purge. And I love that a lot. So guys, that now brings up our total of mazes to now we have Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the, the Pride of Frankenstein lives. And we have The Exorcist. We also have Pandora, Halloween, and now The Terror Tram. Now, I'm not 100% sure if there are going to be any more announcements in terms of any more mazes that we're, we are expected to get. Oh, I'm sorry. I accidentally excluded The Haunting of Hill House. Shame on me, because that one is probably the maze I'm looking forward to the most. So guys, we have, <laughs> Jesus, I'm so sorry. I'm stumbling over my words here. So yeah, guys, we now have a total of six new mazes and a tarot tram, which is a really good lineup. And I know they're trying to play it very safe this year because this is the first Halloween Hornets we're doing with COVID. Everything has to be spaced out and capacity may be a little limited. 
So if you haven't had the chance, please go visit HalloweenHorrorNights.com and select the Universal Studios in your area to go and buy tickets because I truly do believe that now the things are at a slightly more diminished capacity. Tickets might sell out a little faster or you might not be because of the availability of space. But if any more news breaks on Halloween Horror Nights, I'll be sure to talk about it in the next episode. Well, guys, keeping in the vein of spooky things to do in the next upcoming months, I have a special heads up from SoCalloween909 on Instagram, which as you guys have heard me talk multiple times about, and I would absolutely love to have whoever runs SoCalloween909 as a guest on the show so we could actually banter back and forth about all the Halloween goodness. So I have this one goes out to all my people in San Diego or SD County. This one is for you. And it is the Haunted Amusement Park is going to be bringing back the Scare Trail for this year. Now, this is only going to be in the month of October, and it will run every weekend only, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, with an exception for Thursday, October 28th, there will be a date added. So if you live in San Diego County and you've been a frequenter of the Scare Trail and probably missed out on it last year, now's your chance to come back and enjoy it in the month of October. Go and give them a check out at scaretrail.com. Now this one is this upcoming weekend and this is absolutely for my LA folks. Also brought to us by SoCalloween909 is Ghoul's Night Out. This is for October 21st and 22nd. It'll take place on 3300 Wilshire Boulevard in Los Angeles. It's only for this weekend, and there will be another event on September 3rd through 5th called It's Alive, the Frankenstein Immersive Experience at the Heritage Square Museum. This is an event that I would be interested in going to, and unfortunately, I will not be going on the August 21st or the 22nd for that date, but... For, or I won't be going to the Ghoul's Night Out event, I'm sorry, on August 21st and 22nd, just because I will actually be going to see Voltaire at Bar Sinister. But if you are interested in the um, It's Alive Frankenstein Immersive Experience, that'll be going on September 3rd through September 5th, which I will be going to. And I will be sure to talk about that one in my upcoming episodes. So thank you again to SoCalloween909 for your updates, and I would love to hear more from you in the future. So guys, one brief announcement that I couldn't live without telling you about is if you haven't stopped by Stranger Things TV on Instagram, you are missing out on the trailer for the upcoming Stranger Things 4. They made the announcement earlier this month that Stranger Things 4 will be, or Stranger Things, will be returning in 2022. If you're not fucking excited about it, then who are you? This show is phenomenal. It's already showing a few clips here and there of what to expect in season four. And it looks good, guys. A majority of the trailer is clips from the previous seasons, but... Towards the end, the clips you do get to see of the kids. You even get a brief glimpse of what looks to be Hopper. Oh man, I hope it's Hopper. It's it's good. I'm, I'm excited. You should be excited. If you haven't went to go check out Stranger Things TV yet, get your ass over there and go and check it out. See you in the Upside Down. And with that, guys, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. And we will be right back after a word from our sponsors. 
All right, guys, welcome back. So let's go ahead and get to the long-awaited reviews of Fear Street 1994, 1978, and 1666 that were all streaming on Netflix for the past couple months, and finally I got around to finishing them. And let's go ahead and review the last two episodes of American Horror Stories that have been premiered on Hulu. So let's go ahead and start with American Horror Story, which <laughs> I know you guys have been yelling at me. Please review Fear Street. Please mention Fear Street. We want to know what you think of it. And and I'm sorry it took me so, so long to finally get through and finish it. But yes, guys, I finally got through all three Fear Street movies and... Feel free to call me a fucking stupid, but I never knew that Fear Street was based on some R.L. Stein books. Because I am one of those kids who, I'm, granted I wasn't a big reader growing up, but the few books I did read were books like Goosebumps. But I didn't know anything outside of that. I thought that was R.L. Stein's one claim to fame. Did not know Fear Street existed. And basically, yeah, um... R.L. Stein wrote, I guess this book is more for, the uh, Fear Street books were more for teenagers. And Netflix decided, let's make an R-rated version of these books and throw them on, on Netflix, which, shit, works for me. So, I'm gonna not, I'm not gonna make this whole last segment just completely about this, but let's go ahead and talk about Fear Street 1994. Now, of course, this is the movie that lays the groundwork of these characters, that live in Shadyside and Sunnyside and the Sunnyside town does not really care for them that much because there's a weird divide between their town. Come to find out it was under the curse of some witch um, in which she writes someone's name on a stone and that person will go out and do their bidding and start killing people. So we mostly follow this girl, Dina, who kind of in a spat with her girlfriend, ex-girlfriend, and kind of inadvertently stumbles on the town's secret and needs to find a way to fix it. So without giving that many spoilers, that's just the gist of the story. I liked it. It was fun. It, it was a slow burn to kind of get it built up, as you do with any movie series or trilogy. But yeah, it was pretty good. And now from what I've seen from online reviews also is that the Fear Street movies don't exactly follow the books. It Obviously not in tone in terms of gore and violence, but definitely, how could I word it? It definitely hits a certain chord where, yeah, it wants to pay homage to the fans who love slashers. And I'm here for it. So I think it's really good. Um... Small spoiler coming ahead is the kill with the bread machine. Jesus fuck, I was not ready for that. That was such a cool kill. Thank you for giving us something innovative. But yeah, overall, even though it's set in 94, it definitely does give a little bit of a Starcourt Mall, Stranger Things 3 vibe. I like it still. I think it's. I think that was really cool. And speaking of Stranger Things, let's go ahead and jump into Fear Street Part 2, 1978 which actually stars the girl who plays Max in Stranger Things 2. And I think this one was probably my favorite of the three movies because it transports us back to 1978 and we get to meet with the one true-ish survivor of the massacre that happened at the camp she went to. And she, the whole 
episode, the whole movie, I should say, is her backstory into how she survived. And I like it a lot. I think this one was really well put together. I think the characters were definitely more, I definitely rooted for them to live, you know, and across the board with all three of the street of uh, the fear street movies it wasn't predictable i'm really surprised to find a horror movie that i can't just look at and be like oh well yeah fuck this person fuck that person and then you know i know that this person's gonna die or this person's gonna live this one kept me on my toes even what, what happens to the main character giving the story still left me a little antsy of oh god but overall, I think that 1978 was probably the most well-constructed of the three movies. And then finally, let's go ahead and take it back to Fear Street Part 3, 1666. And yeah, it's a little bit of a period piece. And I gotta be honest, the minute they started making these characters speak in old English, it threw me off completely. Like I didn't really, it didn't fit the narrative of, with the kids and they're just speaking completely different, like in tone and, and like, they got like this British colonial kind of accent. I was, it wasn't really for me, but that's not to say I didn't like it. I just felt, it just felt off. And I, I guess as the movie went on, I kind of just grew accustomed to hearing it. And yeah, that works for me. And of course the ending is super satisfactory. It also leaves it open-ended enough for you to be to interpret is there gonna be more fear street movies and like i said i never read any of the books so i probably not the person to say nor did i know they exist i don't even know how many fear street books are there but i do like where they went with these three movies and they told one cohesive story i don't know if it's like that in the books but i liked it a lot and Congratulations to the cast and crew who worked on it. You guys did a phenomenal job. It looks really, really good, and I'm here for it. So that's going to wrap up my quick review of the Fear Street movies. Like I said, 1978 was probably my favorite of the three. It just flowed the nicest. So if you get, have the chance, go and check it out on Netflix. It's a good, gory movie. It's good, gory fun. And the jokes land pretty well, too. There's a lot of good humor in these as well. So go and give that a check out on Netflix. Now let's kick it over to Hulu, who has been showing the American Horror Stories side story series. And that is showing on FX on Hulu, and they were releasing an episode every week. And as of, as far as I know, the latest episode, episode seven called Game Over, was supposed to be the last episode in that season. And I'm not disappointed. I'm actually really happy that this is ending on on this episode. Because I'll be honest, this was a good episode. But I'm also going to talk about episode 6, which is called Feral. And I really did enjoy Feral. Um, to kind of just get into that real quick. Feral is an episode about this couple who lose their child on a camping trip. And come back umpteen years later because they have evidence to believe that their kid was alive. Um, this also brings back the super daddy and una totally unavailable Cody Fern. Who is, since season 8 of American Horror Story Apocalypse, has been kind of the fan favorite. Not just because he's gorgeous, 
but it's because he's Australian and he's just, it's a shame he's not straight. But that's also not a complaint too, because this man has a super gorgeous boyfriend. But that's, that's still being said is, yeah, episode six barrel is actually really, really good. Um, if you haven't had a chance to check it out, I'm going to try my damnedest not to spoil it for you other than the quick synopsis and recommend that you check it out on Hulu. If you, if you, if you do not have cable, if you do, it's on FX, go and give that a quick look at. And then I'm also going to talk a little bit about the last episode of American Horror Stories, episode seven called Game Over. And... That took a sharp left turn that I wasn't ready for. I think this was secretly too brilliant of an episode. And it's kind of nice because, honestly, I felt a lot of parts in American Horror Stories didn't connect enough for me. Now, episode seven, Game Over, is about a mom who sinks almost all her life's savings into a project to keep her son happy. And I gotta be honest, at first her son was just this brat that I just fucking hated because his mom spent all this money to make an American Horror Story video game that her son would appreciate. And he's like, no, you don't get it, mom. You don't understand why. And it's mostly all based around Murder House, which does bring back some of the other characters. And I guess this upsets the kid because it brings back characters like Twisty the Clown, who didn't show up in murder house at all he was in season four freak show and other characters from other seasons that didn't quite jive with the kid and he wants his mom to understand the feel the gravitas of the house so his mom foolishly buys murder house and shenanigans happen and that's about as far as i can go without spoiling spoiling the episode for you because this is a you must watch it to get it but for anybody who has watched it maybe you can help me figure out the ending um of course i don't want to talk spoilers about it here if you want to dm me on instagram we can talk about it there because there was some open endings about that last episode that maybe i didn't understand and it didn't quite click with me so i'm confused about certain events that happened in the episode so if you know more than i do and you're willing to share please Shout it out my way. I would love to get some insight on exactly how this episode ends. So that's going to be my news on the American Horror Stories side season. It's okay. It's not the best. It's not the worst. It's just a, it's a side story. All of these are just little side stories. And a lot of them do, well, a good chunk of them do connect back to the original series. Now... Also, never fear, guys, American Horror Story Season 10 called Double Feature will be airing on FX or next day on FX on Hulu on um, August 25th. So in about four more days, we will have our Season 10 of American Horror Story. And this I'm a little terrified of. Now, I keep calling it Season 10. I don't think they've officially said it as Season 10, just calling it Double Feature. So who knows? But... I'm still excited for that and I'm looking forward to seeing what this season's all about because even if you go to look at their official American Horror Story FX Instagram, it just shows a beach with a demonically white sea creature and a green alien. And that's all we're that's all we know about it. So 
looking forward to that when that get, comes out. Also, if any of you are also following the American Horror Story Bakery that's out here right now, go and give that a check out. If you haven't had a chance to get the tickets or tickets have not been available to you, you can still order these cookies to be delivered. So if you have the chance, go and check that out as well. And with this, guys, we're going to go ahead and get into the listener-friendly asked questions. So for tonight, I only have two questions. So let's go ahead and get into that. My first question comes to me from Spooky Baby Doll. Hello. And her question is, I'm assuming it's a her. I apologize if that's not the right pronouns. And their question is, what makeup do you use? Your skin always looks so good in your videos. Um, I'm assuming when she says videos, she means uh, my TikToks, mostly my TikToks, maybe some things from Instagram. And I'm going to break it down to you. Honestly, my skin is actually not that great. Um, I'm very highly susceptible to acne and breaking out. I could smell sugar in the air and immediately there's acne. If I don't get a proper amount of sleep, acne. If I eat terribly, acne. I mean, it's very, very easy for me to get it. So my skincare routine is pretty rigorous. It takes up a very big chunk of my time where I make my own kind of makeshift, I, I dare say proactive uh, skincare regimen. Um, I do use the Neutrogena Pink um, Grapefruit Scrub. I believe it's a grapefruit. Um exfoliate with that two times a day i also use noxema uh, acne pads they're with the acid in it which kind of helps i also use neutrogena's um pink grapefruit uh, acne lotion or not it's not pink sorry but it's an acne lotion by neutrogena it's in a white bottle it absolutely helps and I've used that once my skin's dry I also have a lot of dark spots because I'm going to be honest with you guys, I am a intense picker when it comes to my acne. Like I cannot have bumps on my skin. I just pick. It's like a nervous habit I've had for many years. So it's created dark spots and I'm trying to use different dark spot serums or bio oil to help rid my skin of it. And it's a long process. I also, from time to time, use black African soap because it does help exfoliate your skin very well. And if you have, like my skin type, I would say is combination. It's not necessarily oily or dry. It's I would say it's a combination. Um, black African soap, I would highly recommend. They also have a white one, which is a shea butter one. That one's really good too. It's also good for stretch marks as well. So because my makeup, my skincare routine is is pretty elaborate that means my makeup routine is even longer which requires me to not just put down um face primer but i also have to do color corrector for my dark spots and that's like a dark red i have to let that sit sometimes i'll i'll use my uh, setting sprays on it to help it set a little faster foundations take two shades for me because my skin tone is kind of odd um i have a lot of yellow tones but not a lot of red tones so I have to be very careful with what foundations I use uh, Maybelline's matte foundation is a good first layer for me and then I top it off with Fenty because Fenty's when the when the um, when the color settles on my skin it looks amazing then it's 
uh, powdering, bronzing. Um, sometimes I'll, I'll do um, the hollows of my cheeks and give it some contour. I will also, you know, filling in my eyebrows. I use Anastasia um, eyebrow serum. Their stuff is really, really, or pomade, sorry, wrong words. I use their eyebrow pomade, which I love and it's fantastic. I also have my friend come and shape my eyebrows like every couple weeks. She's absolutely fantastic. And yeah, other makeups that I use, like especially if you see, like I have whites in the creases of my eyes, that is Black Moon Cosmetics uh, Moonlighter. I use the color Squid. Um, I also use their lipsticks. I will highly, always highly recommend their liquid to matte lip stains. I prefer them to Kat Von D's. Um, partially because I don't want to give Kat Von D my money because fuck her. Um... So there's those. Sometimes I'll use these stamps on my eyes that have like hearts or moons or stars. Those come from ColourPop and those are fantastic. I believe they come in other colors, but the ones I have are black. Um, eyeliner is actually eyeliner and my powders and uh, bronzers are actually from e.l.f. Um, e.l.f. Cosmetics is really good, especially if you're on a budget. Um, I am looking for other liquid eyeliners that work really good. My mascara is from Urban Decay which I think they're very good. And my misting sprays and setting sprays are from whatever company works the best. Um, I do have an eye primer. I think I'm using NYX at the moment. So yeah, that is my skincare routine that I do. I also don't try to not, I also try not to do my makeup every day because it clogs my pores so, so bad. And maybe it's just for me because it's so, my skin is so susceptible. But yes, I don't do my makeup every day. That's why TikTok's, for me, are usually a thing of if I have a whole day free, I'll do my makeup first thing in the morning, create many, many TikToks that I'll, I'll put in, that I'll film, but I will not put them out immediately. They just sit in drafts, etc. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the long, the way too long, didn't listen to um, of my skincare regimen. So thank you again, baby doll. And my last question comes anonymously and says, I got to see photos of your room in your new apartment. Can you label some of the n- things and where you got them? Um, they, kn- they also put in parentheses, like, I, lo- I loved your flower vase. I loved your lanterns. Um, I saw some of your neon lights in your room and your comforters. Where did you get them? Um, okay, so I'm going to just highlight a few of these real quick. Um, you'd be surprised to find out that a lot of the... Let's start with the Japanese lanterns in my room. For those of you who haven't seen them yet or may have caught them in some of my TikTok videos, they're these Japanese lanterns that all have Halloween themes on them. Like I have pink ones with white bats. I have purple ones with black bats. I have white ones with spider webs or I have an orange one that has like uh, jack-o'-lanterns and black cats. These are all from Dollar Tree. These are all from... The, each one cost me a dollar. They're battery operated. So yes, you have to individually go and turn them on. But the glow it leaves in my room when my room is pitch black is absolutely beautiful. Uh, I also have this beautiful bouquet in a purple vase of orange, black, and purple roses. That is also from Dollar Tree, even the vase. And I had tied them with a really nice bow. That is also the ribbon that I got, the Halloween themed ribbon. It has like, it's a black ribbon with jack-o'-lanterns all over it that's also from Dollar Tree um just hitting them up this year for the the Halloween season um 
they also notice I have this candle holder. It's a snow globe in the center. And it, has, it looks like a graveyard with crows all over it. That's from Bath and Body Works. So a lot of these things that you're seeing in my videos that just happen to be in the background are all... Um, they're all from all over the place. They're all from this year's Halloween collection, believe it or not. Um, my bed is currently Monster High themed. I have a Monster High themed comforter and pillowcases. That has all been from Target. Uh, but this was back when Monster High was still a big deal at Target. And then lastly, um, somebody saw this uh, green and purple neon bat light that I have. That was also from Target. This was from a previous Halloween year. I want to say either 2019 or 2020, I can't remember. And um, they saw my Living Dead dolls of Otis, Firefly, and Captain Spaulding. Those were from eBay um, that I painted Baby to... Oh, I painted the cheerleader to look like Baby. And the him Venus Doom, that's been in the background of a lot of my um, TikToks. It's a him Venus Doom poster that I got from the street team when I was with the him street team promoting him every time they came into town. So that's pretty much it as far as I know that anybody may have seen in my room. And um, oh, I know somebody did mention my uh, Haunted Mansion diorama that I have my little plushy bunny sitting in. Uh, that is actually from Disney Store. You can also get it from uh, Disneyland if, when you go to the theme park. And it's a cute little set. It's like $25. It's a cute little diorama. It's super dope. They have one of the attic where the where um, Constance the bride is. Constance, sorry, I said her name wrong. They also have the seance room where La Madame Leota is. And I love them both. I haven't set up the, the seance room yet. But I think that's going to be it. Is there anything else I missed? Oh, someone saw my Sailor Moon toys. Those are actually from when I was a kid. So the original 94 Bandai Sailor Moon Crescent Wand and the original Sailor Moon Locket, those are all from my childhood. So I think I got these at KB Toy Stores a million years ago. If you want to find them on eBay, good luck. They're going to cost a fortune. But that should be it, guys. I want to thank you again. So, sorry, one more, one more. They saw my Mickey ears. Um, I have these really beautiful black sequin Minnie Mouse ears that has the bow in sequin and it has a bunch of bats flying out, out from them. They come from a company on Instagram called Not Your Typical Disney Ears. And I believe, or Not Your Typical Mickey Ears. They will be, no, it's Disney, sorry. Not Your Typical Disney Ears. They will be changing the name soon because Disney doesn't like it when you use their name. Um, but they make quality, really cute, goth-themed Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse ears. So go check them out on Instagram. So yes, finally, that is going to be it for now. There are still many more updates to my room that I want to do before I show it off fully. But there will be an, a nice video that I, will, that I have been working on since the moment I moved. And it'll showcase my entire room. And that's going to take care of listener-friendly asked questions for tonight. I do apologize if I didn't get to your question, but feel free to send me a DM either through Instagram or TikTok if you would like your question featured in a future episode. And that's it, you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in on tonight's episode. As always, I'd like to thank you guys, the listeners, for coming back and tuning in, whether you live in the same city as me, the same state, in the same country, or if you're halfway across the globe. Your listenership keeps my podcast going. So thank you so, so much for all the patronage that you do. And as always, you can feel free to find me on any of my social medias. My Twitter is Moonchild Nil. 
My TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube are Morningstar Moonchild. Please go ahead and give it a like, subscribe, a follow, or even a share if you love the content that I do. And of course, I always do appreciate any DMs you guys send me via TikTok or Instagram if you have questions for me for my listener-friendly asked questions, or if there's a certain topic you would like me to cover. I am all ears. Now, with that being said, guys, I may not be doing an episode next week. Um, I just have some other things I need to take care of. So uh, an episode next week, Friday into Saturday, may be pushed back or may not come out at all. Um, And that will probably be, and this is also being the last episode of this season. And even then, um, after I release episode 13 for season three of this podcast, I will be taking a break and I will be gone for a week. But I will try my hardest and my damnedest to make sure that an episode will come out Friday into Saturday next week. I just cannot guarantee it. But other than that, guys, I've got to do some catching up. I finally started watching the series on Netflix called Outer Banks, which is about these kids and poor kids in in the poor side of North Carolina, basically hunting for gold. And it absolutely reminds me of the shit me and my idiot friends used to pull in Hawaii. Just not as illegal. And it, it, it's, t- it's giving me nostalgia. It's taking me back to me and my idiot friends in the mid-2000s being the dumb teenagers we were. And it, it's fun. It, it, I, I do appreciate that, that throwback. On top of wanting to get back into watching some other shows. Like I do need to finish The Haunting of Blind Manor. And some other horror that have just been sitting in my watch list on any of my streaming services so it's time so till then guys please look forward to a new episode hopefully next week and on time please stay safe out there spread kindness guys it costs nothing and blessed be